How serious is the betting scandal in college football? I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And more information has come out about players involved at Iowa and Iowa State in the betting scandal that continues to unravel as we get closer and closer to the kickoff of college football. Now, I already talked a little bit about Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers, who will not play in 2023 and probably has his college football career over because of the amount, the sheer number of bets he made on college football while not only as a member of a Division I football team, but also underage. Deckers is likely done forever. And we, like I said, already talked about how incredibly stupid he was to do that. But now there are more players, more significant players, and even now a connection to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, in addition to Deckers, Iowa State running back Jahiro Brock, who was set to be the starting running back for Iowa State, defensive lineman Isaiah Lee, tight end Deshaun Hanika, and offensive lineman Jacob Rimsberg, all charged with tampering of records in the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe into the sports wagering in at-state universities. In addition to those players, three former Iowa players allegedly bet on football games they played in. Hawkeye wide receiver Jack Johnson plus Oklahoma State wide receiver Arlen Bruce the fourth who just transferred in from Iowa and Troy defensive back Reggie Bracey again both of those guys both played at Iowa last season before uh, transferring have and they've all been charged for replacing bets along with a grad assistant Owen O'Brien. So you might be asking yourself well what kind of bets did they place did they were they bets You know, obviously, they're betting on themselves, right? They believe that they can win. No, that's not necessarily the case. Gerald Brock, the running back from Iowa State, uh, bet on two Iowa State games in 2022. Lee bet against his own team when they played Texas in 2021. And the three Iowa players were all accused of betting on Iowa games while they were part of the team. Wide receiver Arlen Bruce, the fourth also bet on the under in the Iowa-Iowa State game, much like the punter who was caught the first time around. So that's six Big 12 players, five for Iowa State, and then the transfer wide receiver that is now at Oklahoma State that are connected to this. And per NCAA guidelines on sports betting, student-athletes who engage in activities to influence the outcomes of their own games or knowingly provide information to individuals involved in sports betting activities will potentially face permanent loss of collegiate eligibility in all sports. So to me, that says your college careers are over. So what promise that Decker's and Brock had is now done. Deckers was very good last year. Brock was set to be the starting running back. I was excited about Bruce coming into Oklahoma State with a chance to to shine in an offense that was geared to having big play wide receivers after, you know, Iowa not known for the flashiest of offenses. But now all that may be in jeopardy. And how far does this go? And how dangerous is betting scandals when it comes to 
sports, not just collegiate sports, but sports in general. Just in the last year, we've had a number of incidents, and you can go back even a little further because the 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 event, the most recent event that pops up into my mind is obviously the Calvin Ridley situation. Playing for the Falcons takes the year, the rest of the season off from from playing in the NFL due to mental health issues, and then a report comes out that he was betting on NFL games, so he's suspended for the year. And then during baseball season this year, you have the whole scandal with the Alabama head baseball coach who knew that his starting pitcher was not going to be able to go against LSU and was going to need to play a, a backup, an inexperienced a second option, told a buddy, hey, starting starter's not going to need to go. Go and place a large amount of money on LSU to win this game and to cover whatever the bet was. And he gets caught, and now you've got the iowa state stuff oh and don't forget all the other nfl news that came out the lions had a number of guys most notably uh jameson williams who's coming into his second year who played at alabama just two seasons ago who missed most of last season with an injury got caught doing or, or placing a bet on something else uh, collegiately related in the parking lot of the Lions facility. Then you had Lions players who also got caught that got cut from the team. And then you had some Colts players who were also caught. So you've got Calvin Ridley, you've got a number of Lions players, Colts players, Alabama's baseball coach, and now Iowa, Iowa State players who are getting caught up in this gambling scandal. And now you've got to start wondering how far does this go now all of these are not as serious as some of of the others uh calvin ridley's what he was making bets on i don't think ever became really public uh, but he wasn't playing at the time so it wasn't had any effect on on what he was betting on but i'm sure he probably had inside information the alabama coach that is serious i mean he used what he knew to have someone place a bet the Jamison Williams thing isn't that serious because he was just making a bet on another sport and he did it on an NFL facility, which is a no-no. And then this Iowa State stuff is super serious because not only are they betting on their own team, they're betting against their own team in some of these instances. And some of these guys weren't of age to make legal sports bets to begin with. So you have a range of severity and a range of different sports. And the NBA already had their betting scandal way back in the day with fixing games with Tim Donahue. And if with the relationship that sports betting has with these sports, whether it's collegiately or professionally, is so vital, so important to helping both those things grow because it's all about money at the end of the day, right? It's all about who can make the most money, who can bring in the most money, w- you know, what what leads to making money. And the relationship is very close, but it's fragile in the sense that if fans start believing that there are outside things affecting it because of the money, it's going to taint the love of the game 
and collegiately it's way more dangerous than professionally and now you've added in the whole fact that these players are being paid which adds a whole other element collegiately so Deckers and Brock and these other guys are on NIL deals they're making money collegiately but they don't care about that and they aren't thinking clearly the decision making is clearly not in the right spot and so they're making these decisions, these mistakes that are having an effect not only on them, the team as a whole, the school, the league, the sport as a whole. And, you know, it was one thing when it wasn't affecting any teams I'm a part of, but now you add in the transfer who transfers to Oklahoma State, a guy that we now may th- be without, someone that the Cowboys thought they were going to have, and now they probably will not have him if ever, if this year, if ever. And it it really makes me concerned for how these two things who are running parallel to each other are going to exist if this starts becoming more and more of an issue. Because, let me tell you, right now it's Iowa-Iowa State. There are, there are way... It, I, I, there aren't proof, Right. But there has to be, just based upon logic and numbers, there has to be more of this going on. It's obviously way farther spread in the NFL than people thought it was after the Calvin Ridley ordeal. So this, this is probably going on at other schools, other campuses, but how big of an impact is that going to have? What level of players? Because these aren't guys, you know, it's one thing when the Iowa punter came out and the, he bet the under, all that. But then you add in the fact that this is the starting running back and the starting quarterback for Iowa State, a team that thought they had a shot to compete with with the coaching that they have, with the upper half of the Big 12, in a guy that threw for over 3,000 yards last year and was set to be a big part of an offense that could compete with the rest of the Big 12. And now Iowa State is scrambling and will probably be bad this year, which affects the whole dynamic. And then you add in this whole element. We're going to talk more about this, too, with conference realignment. And does that play into any of effect? Does that spread? Does that help or hurt? Or, you know, does does the gambling situations hurt the conference realignment stuff? Because money's at play here. That's the big deal. All this money is in play. On the conference side of things, now with the athletes and the NIL deals, and this conference realignment with TV deals, and those TV deals, those TV networks, also have major deals with DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, ESPN... Uh, just just bought their own or or now have their own like top bet or something like that. They have their own betting thing. So now you have the ESPN network, which covers all this collegiate football, and then also on the side has their top bet. So what happens when the starting quarterback for a game featured on Saturday Night Football on ESPN is caught using ESPN's top bet to place a bet on the game, and it came down to a close play. Like, there, there are so many elements to this that it, it's really 
very concerning to see how this is going to go. What effect is this going to have? And at the end of the day, these players are idiots. They are idiots. You 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 are going to get caught. I know as a college student you probably thought you were invincible, but these guys are stupid. Especially Deckers and Brock. They had you're a starting quarterback, a starting running back at a Power 5 conference of a meaningful Big 12 team. You're not the fourth string guy. You're not red shirted. You're a vital contributing member with potential NIL deals to build upon each other and you want to make bets. Thousands of dollars worth of bets. Hundreds of bets. Because why? That's what blows my mind. These aren't just middling guys. Because in the NFL, that's what it was. These are guys that don't see a lot of... Outside of Ridley and Jamison Williams. Guys that don't see a lot of playing time or aren't key members. But in college with Deckers and Brock, I mean, it's... That's bad. That's awful. These are big contributing players for a team with aspirations and goals and a head coach who has been looked at by big universities to go there and has continued to stay at Iowa State and Matt Campbell. In a league now in the Big 12 that is part of this mad dash, mad scramble to stay relevant by adding teams thanks to teams leaving. And so, you know, this isn't the fourth-string quarterback at a Mountain West school. No offense to the Mountain West. This is a starting quarterback at a Big 12 school. This is players on a Iowa team who has been ranked in recent years, has history, has a great head coach, and it's just being thrown away for some bets to be made. And as legal sports betting gains more traction and starts being more and more legal as states go through and legalize it like the state of Kansas did within the last year. Other states like Ohio have done it recently. So are we going to have to worry about Ohio State guys doing this? Are we going to have to worry about KU and K-State guys doing this? Like, where does it stop? Where where does and what point like investigation wise? How how hard is this investigation going right now? Is the NCAA also now starting to look at other schools and it's going to be closely followed, closely marked? Just do not do this if you're a college player. At the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense. The reward is not worth it. It is not even close to being worth it. And if you're a college athlete and you want to make a bet, just go in and turn your jersey into your coach and start making making bets that way. Because you're you can't do both. Your days of making money, Hunter Deckers, by making it to the NFL is shot. It's done. No NFL team's going to want to touch you. No CFL team, no XFL team, no USFL team. They're not going to want to touch you. They don't want to deal with that. So your reputation, you've toasted that. So if you're a college athlete and you want to bet on games, just go turn your jersey in, become a regular citizen, and you bet on games that way. Don't do it as an athlete. That just It just doesn't make any sense. 
Now, I mentioned conference realignment. I want to talk a little bit about that as well because a lot of things have been moving and shaking. So OU in Texas a couple years ago announced they're moving to the SEC. It's this big, big deal. Then USC, UCLA announce that they're moving to the Big Ten, which is, you know, now the Pac-12 is, is scrambling. So the Big 12 goes out and they add... Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU to replace OU and Texas, who are leaving to the SEC, and they actually come a year early, so all those teams get to coexist to each, with each other for another year. And then more stuff comes out that other teams are thinking about leaving the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 could be in shambles. The Pac-12 commissioners and 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 higher-ups and media are throwing haymakers at the Big 12 that they wouldn't even consider teams in the Big 12 leaving because that was a talk. When, when OU and Texas left to go to at the SEC, a lot of people were like, all right, well, maybe, maybe Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas Tech, maybe they can go to the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 was like, well, we kinda, maybe we don't want them. And now the Pac-12 is in shambles, and the first – domino to fall after the UCLA USC thing was Colorado decides hey we're coming back to the Big 12 and we're leaving the Pac-12 which is exciting as a a Big 12 fan because Deion Sanders I hope is committed to being there for a few years a number of years and will turn that program around and that just adds a certain fun element with Dion being there and them coming back into the Big 12 after leaving a number of years ago. Then the Washington and Oregon news comes out that they're also joining USC and UCLA and going to the Big 10. And now the Pac-12 is scrambling again. And by the way, they had been scrambling, not about conference realignment, but had been scrambling about TV deals, which is why a lot of this move is happening because of their TV deal situation. With news came out actually about that, that they turned down $30 million to each team from ESPN. They wanted $50 million, and ESPN told them to get lost. So now their other teams are searching, and in what happened in a matter of what felt like hours, a few days, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah say, all right, we're going to the Big 12 too which is exciting for a number of reasons. You get the Arizona-Arizona State rivalry. It's three new teams. Oklahoma State is playing Arizona State this year. Oklahoma and Arizona have had some history over the past. And you add Utah, and now you get the Utah-BYU in-conference rivalry. Obviously, there's already a rivalry between Utah and BYU, but now it's an in-conference, every-year conference rivalry once they get in, in in 2024. So that's exciting so now the Big 12 goes from, oh no, we've lost OU in Texas, what are we going to do, to UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all coming to the Big 12 to really, I mean, boost the Big 12 quite significantly. That's 16 teams in the Big 12 that and I think from top to bottom, can compete with the SEC, the Big Ten. They're the third best conference in the league with 
a chance to really compete with those other two conferences. And how do these four teams fit in to the new look Big 12? I would say Utah is probably close to the top with the way that they've performed over the years and how successful they've been in the Pac-12. I would have to say they're probably close to the top and have a chance to be kings of the Big 12, especially with the coaching staff that they have. I'd have to think at the moment Colorado is just somewhere in the middle, but if Dion is as good as he was at Jackson State and can really turn their program around, they have a chance to reclaim themselves as great in the Big 12 again as well. I'd have to say Arizona somewhere in the middle, and Arizona State's probably somewhere at the bottom. But it's all fun elements, and it sure it's going to create a lot of travel. But as we get further and further into the future, that's going to become less and less of a big deal. But it is funny. The Big 12 is literally coast-to-coast. Coast. Well, not literally. Literally is the wrong word. But they're just about coast-to-coast. Coast. Arizona to West Virginia to Florida to Cincinnati. We're all over the place. It is a nationwide conference full of a lot of really talented teams that also have history and are also very good in other sports. Arizona is a great basketball school. Houston has been a very good basketball school. Obviously, KU is still there. Great basketball school. So it's not just about football, which a lot of people focus on, and I don't blame them. It's the moneymaker. Softball as well gets a boost. Arizona, Arizona State are a great addition to softball. Utah as well. So, fun things are happening, and, and baseball too. I, I didn't even mention that, but Arizona, Arizona State, good baseball programs as well. I'm excited about the future of the Big 12. Obviously, everyone here at Heartland College Sports excited about the future of the Big 12. I'm also excited because I think Oklahoma State has a very good chance, if they can figure it out, to be collegiately from all the sports. When you look at sports across the board, ahead of this new Big 12. 100% ahead of this new Big 12. They've got the history with basketball. They just have to figure some things out. They have an all-time great football coach that has done great things at that program that doesn't get the respect he deserves because he's been too successful and fans kind of forget where Oklahoma State has been in the past. Wrestling is great. Softball has been great. Baseball has been great. And if they can figure it out and put it all together, Oklahoma State has a chance to just absolutely rule the new Big 12 all across the board. I'm Matt Jordan. Thank you for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Feel free to give us a share, give us a five-star rating or a like, whatever platform you listen to us on. Share it with any friends. you got friends of, of the new Big 12 teams. you got friends at Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, uh, Utah, give them a share. Show them, show them that we're all welcoming here with the Big 12 Podcast Network of, of Heartland College Sports and especially here at the Pokes Podcast. <laughs>